0: Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Interbanks Fishing Report with Captain Richard Andrews. How you doing, Richard?
1: I'm doing great, Marvin. How are you?
0: Uh, I'm just trying to stay out of trouble, and uh, I understand you brought some of that cool mountain weather back to the coast.
1: Yeah, we just got back from a wonderful vacation up in the Smokies, which is a, a place that's near and dear to my heart, but I'm glad to be home and catch a fish here on the interbank.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, looking at your weather, it's a little bit cooler than normal, and some thunderstorms. But what are you seeing on the water?
1: Well, we've had a, a very good summer fishing. We're catching still catching a lot of speckled trout. Um, also catching some nice red fish uh, in the uh, eighteen to twenty nine inch range. We've got, like I said before, in some of the previous reports, we have two different age classes. So we're seeing some of those eighteen to 22s and then the the, the thir- three-year-olds are going to be more like the 25 to 20, 30 inch fish so we're, we're we're very fortunate to have two different age classes and a wide array of sizes in our system right now
0: got it and so are is it kind of like we've been talking about you're mostly getting the uh the redfish kind of inshore on the stumps and up the creeks and the sea trout are out a little bit deeper
1: well yeah yeah sort of um but we're also catching a lot of the trout shallow now so it kind it kind of comes and goes. sometimes they're not shallow and they're only they're only out in the deep. Um, sometimes we'll see them up in the shallows as well as the deep and sometimes we' we'll only see them in the shallows. So it just it just kind of is always a moving target. Um, the reds are definitely are in the up on the sand flats, what we call the sand flats, which are kind of shallow two to three foot hard bottom areas along the river shorelines uh, that sometimes may or may not have stumps or even like little grassy points coming off the bank. But the, the key is the bait. I mean, if you find the bait, um, little schools of Menhaden working the flat, there's usually going to be some reds around somewhere. And sometimes they're, they're on the Menhaden, sometimes they're on the shrimp. So there's shrimp coming out of the, the creeks. The brown shrimp are coming out pretty heavily right now still. And uh, if you're in the vicinity of a creek mouth, the shrimp are dumping and so the reds are, are there, to, you know, on the feed.
0: Got it. And so, uh, I think last time we talked, you were actually targeting them, not with like a, what people would think is like a bonefish shrimp pattern, but really kind of fishing them topwater. top water. Is that still the case?
1: Yeah, you can catch them on top water, but you can also catch them just on like an intermediate or, you know, a shallow stink tip. Um, you don't really need anything really. You can catch them on a floating line really but any, any kind of a bait fish pattern will work they're not very picky you just have to find them and yet and what we're doing is we're kind of getting up on these flats and we're drifting with the wind typically uh on a selective you know point a to point b drift and um trying to get really looking for them looking for them feeding and they will show themselves if you have the right conditions they'll show themselves they'll come up and boil or you know, splash across the top, and you see them splash. And if there's enough of them in one area, you'll see a bunch. But sometimes you only see one fish or one or two fish, and and if you get that fly to them, you you know you'll 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 get a bite. It doesn't really matter what you throw.
0: Got it. And on the sea trout, is it the forge that's bringing them in shallow, or is it this kind of cooler uh, weather that's allowing them to kind of come out of the deep deep uh, water and feel comfortable shallow?
1: I think the cooler the cooler weather helps a lot. Uh, we tend to catch more when we have a little cool-down trends in the summer in the shallows. So that definitely makes a difference. But if you want to go out in the sound and fish deep structure, you can certainly depth charge them and catch them that way as well. And usually places like that will hold a lot of bluefish. We'll catch blues in the eh, you know, 10, 25-inch uh, range, which make for great fun on, on a fly rod, on, on a 6-weight or 7-weight, that's a lot of fun. You can catch a trout one cast and a bluefish the next.
0: Yeah, there you go. And I imagine you're using what, small bait fish imitations for the sea trout as well?
1: Yeah, I I like small flies for those, like small clouds or small game changers, anything small, nothing big and hairy and with a big profile. I go go small, um, thin flies tend to work better.
0: Yeah, that's a funny, it's funny you say that because I have that conversation with Dale all the time. And we talk about not throwing uh, cardiac streamers at these fish. (laughs) You don't don't want to scare them to death.
1: No, you don't. But, but they, they eat a lot of small bait out there, too, so you're just trying to match what they're eating.
0: Yeah, got it. And, um, you know, you're, what, you're probably about, what, three weeks away from uh, your large drum bite, too, right?
1: There's been a few schools around that have been seen, you know, and encountered here and there. We always have them around early, but as far as consistent catchable numbers go, usually we think about them about the mid-August time frame is being that, you know, when we really get going with them. I mean, I'll, I'll be, by mid-August, I'll be fishing for them every day. Hopefully they'll be here. Um, we're not fishing for them now, but we did encounter some tarpon today, which was a, a very welcome sight. Um, we uh, we found some fish rolling, uh, about an acre in size, a pretty nice school, and we found ourselves right in the middle of them. They were, they were happy, they were feeding, they were, they were rolling, Um. And we, ironically, you know, I, I wasn't prepared for them because I don't really carp and fish much. But we just kind of found ourselves in a, in a um, opportunistic situation, and and so I grabbed a, a hairy worm, which is a bait that some of these youngsters might not even know about. Um, it's a it's an old school striper bait from the seventies and eighties. It used to be a hot bait up, up in these parts way back in the day. It's basically a bucktail with a long. A worm on it. It was a white hairy worm that a man who I fished with in April and well, and on the rollin' had left on my boat, and it had just been sitting there since April, and I hadn't touched it. And I said, "Well, let's try this because I know tarpon, you know, would like a subtle bait that you just kind of put right in front of their face, and uh, they don't like noisy popping corks and big topwater plugs and things like that." So I tied it on there, and I had a man, ironically from Marathon, Florida, today. Who had caught quite a few tarpon and knew how to do it. So we found ourselves the tarpon rolling all around us in all directions. I said, guys, I said, just wait. You know, don't cast. Don't just false cast. I mean, don't just cast out there and hope for a bite. So wait for one to roll and put it right in front of his face. And that's exactly what this man did. And within five minutes, we hooked one. I couldn't believe it. I, we were just actually just watching the tarpon. I didn't really think we were going to catch one. But he threw it out there and did it right and got a bite. And, and, and bowed to the king, the fish jumped four times and within five minutes. This is on a trout ride by the way, a medium light seven foot center ride. And we weren't fly fishing for these for these guys. We although you might have might have been able to catch one on fly. Um and we got the fish boat side within about five minutes and was unable to touch the uh, two foot shot twenty pound leader. However, we had the fish right there beside the boat and he chafed off. I would consider that a catch, so so there you have it. We got lucky and caught a tarpon in North Carolina on artificial bait, which is an extremely rare event. Like I've only known this happen in just a few other times. Uh, most of the guys that tarpon fish here catch them on cut bait and you know chumming them and that sort of thing. So next next step, Marvin is, uh, is fly rice.
0: Yeah, there you go. And you said that fish was about a buck thirty, right?
1: It's about, yeah, yeah, we estimated about a buck thirty. It's not a small fish. So, uh, most of the tarpon we have here are, are big fish. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's really tough. They're, tough, they're hard to catch here. We just, we don't have a lot of them. Uh, but I have found myself in some, you know, unusual situations from time to time where we're in the middle of a big school
0: that's rolling and
1: very active like that. So we just got lucky and, and we were very surprised, with that's what I love about fishing and it
0: just be a surprise. Yeah, well, there you go. You have to hate when that happens. And, you know, folks, we love questions at the Articulate Fly. You can email them to us or send them to us on our Facebook or Instagram page. And if we use your question, I'll send you some Articulate Fly swag, and we will enter into a drawing for a half-a-day charter with Richard at the end of the season. And uh, before I let you uh, hop, I think, you know, if you uh, you get a tarp, and I think you should have a gin and tonic before you have dinner. So before you get your gin and tonic, Richard, why don't you let folks know where they can find you so they can book you and fish with you
1: best source uh to find out what i do is on my website at www.carpampguy.com
0: awesome well listen folks you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few tight lines everybody tight lines richard
1: tight lines tomorrow